This episode of Laser Time is brought to you by Gamefly, and you listeners right now can go to GameflyOffer.com slash LaserTime to get a free month's worth of Gamefly. Gentlemen, ladies, their time I say in my worst Don Pardo, because it's the only one I have. Welcome to the Internet's 17th leading pop culture show, sliding every single week, but number one during the quarantine. Obviously, if I'm doing Don Pardo, I have two of my favorite SNL lovingest friends on. Who is with me today? Uh, Davey Downer, aka <laughs> Dave Rudden. Dave Rudden. Musical guest, Tony <laughs> Wilson. Oh! That was a real guitar swing. I didn't even. I'm not watching the video chat. Uh, yes. I remember to get it this time. If you listen to Bonus Time, I didn't have cool music when I introduced myself. This is, as this is true. Because, uh, yeah, we teamed up to make yet another, what's seemingly an annual tradition for Bonus Time, our Saturday Night Live Awards, which have been made a little weird by this little thing called COVID 19. They still give you the MVP award in baseball if you, uh, for a strike certain season and it's stuff true. like that. So. You get an asterisk, though, don't you? You do, you do, but yeah, still awards to give out. It was two thirds of a season, so we figured that that's enough to play a ball game. So let's uh, let's still give awards. So, so that's it, what we did on Patreon. And what I'll, I'll, I know there's some people, some of our listeners out there who don't like SNL. So I want to throw something towards the, the towards uh, the direction of any comedy fan out there. Um, Fred Willard is has like mm-hmm. we have all just found out like while we're recording that one of the funniest people. Uh, in the world has just died, so we want to just give a quick sell- just shout out, R.I.P. to the wonderful Fred Willard. Dave threw me a clip from a, a, a movie I think is incredibly underrated, A Mighty Wind, and yeah. I think people don't like it as much because Fred Willard is not in it as much as he was in Best in Show, but he's wonderful. Yeah, who apparently hosted That's SNL fair. once, and to date really? it, he hosted with uh, Devo as the musical guest. <laughs> during right. the Ebersole years. Right out. Yeah. Hey, what happened? As you know, back in 1970, I started on a series called What Happened? And every time something would go wrong, I would look at the camera and say, Hey, what happened? <laughs> we had a lot of fun with that and a lot of other catchphrases. I got a real red wagon. And uh, I can't do my work. And I believe I was the first one to use the phrase, I don't think so. But it only lasted a year. <laughs> I I love he, he I was watching a clip from him from Spinal Tap. I'm like he mastered the over eager, fucking dad joke guy like in the in the seventies. Fred Willard was doing that. Yeah, and I think that's like it's almost an encapsulation of like when SNL is at its best when it's it is being broad, but it's also you know skewering the way it needs to skewer and just actually being memorable. Like that that Fred Willard uh, clip from A Mighty Wind, I. He, he, the whole joke is he had a terrible sitcom with stupid catchphrases. Mm-hmm. I probably used all of those for about five or six years. I, st- after I that still movie. say what happened, and, and yeah, like, what I, and, I feel and, like people say what happened without knowing where it actually comes from because yeah, it's just one yeah. of those things, you know. Yeah, <laughs> it was a common uh, saying back when I worked at GamePro. Like, guys, like I can't do my work. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and it, these are weird times, and given. We're having to look at a lot of our traditional institutions during these weird times. And, of course, we're laser time. We're not going to tackle anything seriously like watchdog groups or the Supreme Court. No, we're talking about Saturday Night Live. 
an institution that's been around for almost half a century, and we wanted to discuss what the weird, what we think as giant SNL fans are the weirdest thing to ever happen to SNL. Again, if you want more SNL, patreon.com slash laser time. You get a bunch of extra shows over there, including Sick of Star Wars, a new 302010 Games episode, but a bonus time where Tony and Dave, we all go through the best of the SNL season. But it has an asterisk next to it because the season is weird. So I'm highlighting this with one of my favorite weirdest clips of the quarantine. It's, it's not up there with the Brad Pitt one. Uh, if you're an SNL fan, you know what I'm talking about. But it's, I thought this was incredibly odd. There was a certain, Keenan Thompson has been a, one of my favorite SNL cast members for, I think, 300 <laughs> years now. And he has been reluctant to revisit what I think is his greatest character, um, which is the host of What Up With That. And what up? And I saw him in an interview. He's like, "Would you ever do that sketch again?" He's like, "No, not without everybody else." Like, I that was something we did during that time, and it would wouldn't feel right without like Jason Sudeikis and Fred Armisen just pretending to play saxophone. But because <laughs> of the quarantine, we got the first "What Up with That" sketch in almost ten years, and it was has it really been that long? Yeah, yeah. it's wow. just like you've been able, like it, it. It's a sketch that premiered wow. during the time of YouTube, so it's well archived. I don't think a single what up with that sketch is difficult to find, but we haven't had a new one in a long time, but we did for this. We're going to talk about social distance. Going to talk persistence. COVID resistance. It's going to be fantastic, bombastic, galactic, elastic, emphatic, spastic, fancy, fantastic. Everybody sing. What's up with that? What's up with that? Yeah, and just that, what a great way to bring it back because it like, it thematically fit well with the sketch that like it's, this what up with that is perfect SNL because it's not a catchphrase but just overdoing a very simple premise but that's sort of the point of the what up with that sketch to burst in a song and sing about nothing and then it adds the zoom angle of the dancing gorillas and the flipping, <laughs> the flipping dolphins and all the effects as we, just that's what SNL is good for. We're we're every single one of us right now, despite how long we've been we've been personally remote recording, everyone's learning one program right now that <laughs> everyone gets this. Like uh I'm still struggling to add in these effects to Zoom, and when I can, I'll do them all the time. Uh, <laughs> I can understand why the cast the, the crew and cast of What Up With That would do that too. And it was nice to see Jason Sudeikis rock a red jumpsuit in a bad blue screen. But that, that's, I consider that to be one of the weirdest moments in SNL currently, just because a sketch that was never supposed to be brought back got brought back because nothing nothing is the same. <laughs> nothing is the same anymore. And uh, yeah, I want to talk with you guys about so many more of those. What we think our weirdest moment in, in SNL history is when we get back from this tiny, tiny break. Thank you, fine folks, for listening. Hope you're not too bored. You know what the perfect solution is for being bored and always has been? Goddamn video games. <laughs> That's why this episode is brought to you by Gamefly. And just so you know, you listeners can go to GameflyOffer.com slash LazerTime and get started with a free 30-day trial of the service. What is Gamefly? It's like, Net it's like Netflix, but for games, you should know that by now. You create a queue. They ship out uh, two to three games to you. It's up to you. You play them for as long as you want, ship them back, and they'll just keep on shipping stuff from your queue. This is a great way to save money on not only playing a bunch of new releases, 
a bunch of old releases, because not only does Gamefly have over 8,000 titles ranging from PS4, Xbox One, Wii U, PS Vita, they go all the way back to the original Wii, the original Xbox, PS2 in certain cases. I know, right? And to sweeten the service even more, Gamefly allows you to buy a game back. Have you kept it out for a long time? Do you want to just keep it? Are you that settled into the multiplayer? You can buy that game back from Gamefly at an extremely reduced cost, and they'll send you the box and manual as if you purchased it anywhere else. Once again, you don't have to take my word for it. You can get started with a 30-day free trial for yourself by going to GameFlyOffer.com slash LazerTime. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the LazerTime crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the LazerTime network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. The line that is said in this season that I say to uh, every day, sometimes without provocation, it's the it's 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 not I don't I can't call it the best Eddie Murphy line ever. It's just like the cutest thing I've ever heard on the baking championship sketch when he makes the Sonic the Hedgehog cake and out comes a lump of chocolate with real teeth and <laughs> this why is why is it not blue? And it just I love I Eddie Murphy's last line in this. God, Mitch. Yeah, it's bad. It's gross. It's real bad. <laughs> what went wrong? Uh, I think I just made a lot of bad choices. I don't mean with the cake. I mean, like, in general, in my life, I just made lots of bad choices in my life. And why is it brown, Mitch? I don't know. Why is anything brown? <laughs> <laughs> I say it. It's my favorite line of the entire season. Yeah. <laughs> Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. Hello, fellow Nerf Herders. Did you not like Last Jedi, Rise of the Skywalker, or would you just prefer a majority of Star Wars fans take a slow walk into a volcano? What I'm saying is, are you sick of Star Wars? Well, I thought I was, but my co-hosts Jeremy and Adam beg to differ. Except when they don't. Get ready for a whole lot of love, a whole lot of hate, and a whole lot of geeky therapy in our new series, Sick of Star Wars, with a big giant question mark, exclusively available at patreon.com slash laser time. Here's a little taste. My monkey. I think Obi-Wan's a pretty solid character. I mean, he's my favorite character in the, in the trilogy by far. I, and I've seen def- um, I've seen defenses of it because, like, Obi-Wan is boring in Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. And yeah. When he's whiny. He's, he's boring annoying. and whiny because yeah. he's a young... He's a, he's a borderline youngling, dude. He's, he's a youngling. Yeah, and in the second movie, Anakin's the same way. I went to... I looked up a weird thing, and I'm sorry I did it, and I have to mention it. I went to look up <laughs> movies about Hitler. To watch a movie about what is essentially a monster, I think... Go to a rabbit, dude. <laughs> has it's been kind of a pat idea for anyone to make a movie about Hitler's Hitler from like a kid to dictator. Yeah. That's been done once from what I can find. A really? miniseries with Robert Carlyle hmm. from Train Spotting. Everything else almost everything focuses on like his last days or like well, him, yeah. him as a struggling well, artist. That- I think that's because they, you know, people are afraid to try to humanize that person. That's exactly why I think it is, and that's why yeah. that's why I think this movie flip flops so much because Obi Wan should have been the main character. It should have been clear that Obi Wan is the main character, but yeah. the reality is Anakin is because he has the most going on. He's got uh, he's got goals. Obi Wan doesn't. He has other people in his life. Obi Wan doesn't. Mm-hmm. He has desires. Obi Wan doesn't. 
Oh, that's Sick of Star Wars, available exclusively at patreon.com slash lasertime, along with weekly bonus shows, over 100 movie commentaries, exclusive bonus podcasts, and more for just five bucks. And that's in addition to the brand new show, Sick of Star Wars, an angst-ridden podcast saga told in nine parts. Listen long and prosper. This is so wizarding. Coming back in, weirdest moments in SNL. I wanted to see what you guys uh, maybe thought were your weirdest moments. How far back we want to start? Because I got something from the the, the olden days. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, Tony, whatever you have, I'm going to beat you. Because I have the oldest sketch, which uh, I, I have. You can Actually, the first couple seasons are on Hulu. They are avail- available almost uncut. They... What for whatever there's SNL gets really hard to find the further like if you dig back over twenty years, but the first five seasons are all available on cut because they negotiated all that shit for the DVDs, including every single musical performance. It's always music that does it. Yeah, but they, they music, like music you, did that to the state. Music did that to if you see the DVDs. Like it was, it's why they're so big and they were so expensive because you're like you were paying to hear a fucking Billy Preston song <laughs> like just done right now. Hope you like paying for Gil Scott Heron music, but I think. Just to go back to the first episode, Don Pardo introducing the first SNL and how everything, everything is wrong about it. It's backwards. The title is wrong. And he fucks up in the first ever live. He's the first guy to mess up. Don Pardo, the announcer, the first live episode. NBC Saturday night. Starring George Carlin. Host. With Janice Ian and Billy Preston. A film by Albert Brooks. Jim Henson's Muppets. The Not For Ready Primetime Players. <laughs> Uh, and just that, like everything highlighted before that, and w- with no offense to George Carlin, none of that is what's special about SNL. You don't get the names John Belushi, Dan Aykroyd, Jane Curtin, like no, none of those people are even mentioned. But the Muppets in a film by <laughs> Albert Brooks are highlighted before any of those people. See, I think I think what he was actually doing is everyone he had just named, those are the not for ready primetime players. Uh-huh. Then the not ready for primetime players is the cast we all know. If if you do watch those first couple episodes, like, dude, they shed people. There are there were a lot more people than just like your Garrett Morris's and uh, Lorraine Newman's and all that, like in Gilda Radner's, they they were they were hemorrhaging cast members throughout the first couple episodes. People are getting you know, shot prior, left and right. Prior to this season now, we actually have a new I don't know if you'd call this a new record, but uh, what was her name? Emily Prager, I think, was her name. She was cast in the uh, for I want to say the seventy six or seven seven seventy seven season something. Maybe it was right before Lauren left. Uh-huh. Uh, so she was cast, but never appeared in an episode. So she had the distinction of being someone who was hired but never appearing, and she was the only one until uh, we had the hiring and like very quick firing of Shane Gillis before the start of this season. Yeah. So now we actually have two cast members who were hired but never appeared. And I was reading that uh, somewhere in the 80s, Harry Shearer just walked off the show. But, like, (laughs) I will say it's one of the years with one of the better intros. And, like, we're not cutting this up. So he's just, like, starring Harry Shearer. Not for the next eight months. He will (laughs) will never appear in anything, but his name will appear before every show. 
but yeah, the first SNL, and I was, it's called NBC's Saturday Nights because fucking Howard Cosell, which is someone e- barely even Dave should know about, a sportscaster who was dead before <laughs> I knew what sports were. His sports talk show was called Saturday Night Live. And so I don't know why Lorne, Lorne Michaels is so adamant that it should be called that. So it had to be called NBC's Possessive Saturday Night. And it's why they said live from New York at Saturday night. And they still do. And once Howard Cassell's show went off the air like two years later, they're just, fuck it. We're just Saturday Night Live now. So they took his show's name. I, I'm sure you guys know that. I just wanted to rattle that off because it's just weird seeing the show's name say, said wrong by the guy who originally is most famous for saying the name of the show. <laughs> and so the wrong and this the thing Tony sent me, I'm like, this is a weird thing that happened in the um, first season of SNL, and is something I don't know that has been repeated. Do you, are you going to make me intro this, Tony? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll take the hit. Um, it, so it's actually funny. You mentioned Howard Cosell. I feel like Howard what we're about Cosell. to play is weirdly in line with something he might oh, yeah. say. Um, <laughs> so uh, as we play this, um, you're going to know where it's going. Uh, Chris, you can cut it off whenever you feel is appropriate. Um, but yeah, people will, people will know uh, where this sketch is going. But this is, yeah, from one of the early seasons. This is... Uh, 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 Chevy Chase and Richard Pryor doing a little bit of a uh, word association. It's it's astonishing. I don't I don't have a problem with playing this because this clip has been played to me everywhere at any time of day, uncensored forever, and everyone here should know it. And I don't think anybody else would be able to do this other than Richard Pryor. Probably pretty ready for this job. We got one more uh, kind of psychological test we always do here. It's just a word association. I'll. Uh throw you out a few words, uh, anything that comes to your mind, just throw it back at me, okay? Just kind of an arbitrary thing, like if I said dog, you'd say... Tree. Tree. <laughs> dog? Tree. Fast? Slow. Rain? Snow. White? Black. Bean? Pod. Negro? Whitey. Tar baby. What'd you say? Tar baby. Oh, fake. Colored. Redneck. Jungle bunny. Pack of wood. <laughs> Spear chucker. White trash. Jungle bunny. Hunker. Spade. Hunker, hunker. Nigger. Dead hunter. Woof. <laughs> I'm sweating to that and being reminded of some racial slurs I've never heard anywhere else. I was about to say, there's a few in there that like, oh, I don't even, I don't even know that one. Yeah. <laughs> what did you say? You said buffet or something buffet. for a white person? What was I don't know that? What that was. I don't know what that is at all. And I don't know where this sketch came <laughs> from, but I... Phoebe Buffet from France. <laughs> I do, I do find it quite lovely that Chevy Chase is famous for saying the N-word uh, for not just... Old fans, but young fans too. It's part of the reason why no one in community liked him. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like truly, like, like that's that's like shocking to hear. Like, I can't believe that was something that like would have happened then. Um, and just for re-recording, um, you know, you were saying, Chris, you don't mm-hmm. think that like ever has happened since? Um, not the hard I- end. That the hard N word with the hard R. I have 
Never heard that again on SNL. Never. I mean, even 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 with uh, your AH or you're just your A, I don't think you really hear it. To no. be honest, like I know, uh, you know, anytime Kanye's performed, he will often censor that in mm-hmm. his songs. Um, but it did make me think of another time when it did happen, uh, and this was back when. Um, shoot, now I'm forgetting. I gotta look up this cast member's name because I mm-hmm. forgot. Um, just before before uh, Leslie, what's the other? Uh, Sashir Zameda. When Sashir Zameda was on the show, uh, she appeared on Weekend Update to talk about, uh, I I don't remember if it was a tweet or something, but I remember uh, Obama had used it. In, in in some either speech or it's at some in some context he'd use the I think word. It was audiobook. <laughs> it's audiobook. Maybe, well, there, there's that too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, the phrase was something like "you know it," n word. And uh, <laughs> so she got on it on Weekend Update wow. to kind of give like an editorial piece about that. And the entire thing was kind of just so she would say the same phrase at the end. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the first time I had heard the word ever used on the show. And in that in that context, it's a quote the right way to use it, I suppose. Um, but yeah, like it's just, it's not something like, it's something that has been, it's taboo now. It really was taboo back then and and always will be. Mm -hmm. So to have it used in any context on the show is strange and shocking. I I should have looked into more like, man, who wrote that sketch? Because it's okay if Richard Pryor wrote that sketch. It's, it makes me even angrier at Chevy Chase to know that he might've written that sketch. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And I don't worry. There's 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 more levity in this episode. I promise. Yes, it's not all a bunch of uh, white guys talking about how you properly use the N word. And you're welcome, by the way. Well, listen. Um. <laughs> there are seven instances, and we're gonna start. With... <laughs> and um, I I wanted to think of uh, like even weirder things that uh, Dave and I were talking about yeah. because we had talked about previously because the show being canceled over COVID, SNL's been on so long and so consistently. The reasons it's almost been canceled or hasn't gone on successfully are are it hasn't happened enough to make a whole show out of because it almost never happens but like i love in that xfl documentary snl plays a part because having football on saturday night that went into like double overtime almost preempting a a jennifer lopez hosted episode of snl sent lauren michaels into into a tizzy and because xfl's ratings are so shitty and snl are so dominant like the, almost preempting SNL because it didn't preempt SNL, but it was looking like it might. Yeah, like football was going oh, to yeah. extend to eleven thirty at night. Bad football too. That Lorne Michaels pitched a fit, and like, yeah, that's a problem. You just you are now butting heads with our number one show, and it's part of a list of, of a, a long list of reasons why the XFL was not renewed because it had to be played at such a time where it jeopardized better television real estate. I think that's crazy. But it's, it's never been canceled. It, it wasn't. I can't remember how that went, Dave. Is there any more specifics to that? You're the bigger uh, sports guy. That one episode, it was J Lo and Tracy Morgan, mm-hmm. uh, which I like. I I just remember thinking like, this is the episode that should not be postponed. Like that was that was, was return, a, right? It was a After return the accident. And, yeah, and J Lo, who is like super popular at the time, that that episode got delayed by something that ultimately didn't really get good ratings. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to talk about like SNL being preempted, though, yeah. um, I, I always I find it fascinating. Um, and actually, actually, um, let me s- sending you a clip right now about uh, strikes, strike, uh, mm-hmm. strike shortened seasons. Um, and this is actually a clip that uh, acknowledges the uh, the writer strike mm-hmm. of I want to say twenty fourteen. 2014, um, okay. 2007, geez. Oh, yeah. yeah it's we were 10 talking, years ago. It was on a, 
Yeah, oh, yeah. Right. It was on um, 302010 uh, a year or two ago. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a skit that actually acknowledges coming back from uh, from Strike. So if you want to play that real quick, and then I'll talk a little bit more sure. about SNL and, and, and writer strikes. Saturday Night Live on the first show back from the writer strike of Aught 7. TV is back. <laughs> and uh, it's great to be back here with our crew. You know, we went on strike and they missed 12 weeks of work because of that. And um, it's just good to be here with them and to know that there are no hard feelings. <laughs> Mike falls in her head. <laughs> okay, maybe a little tension. But. Uh, <laughs> And uh, so this, like, I think I brought this up to you a couple of weeks ago, Chris, but like just the concept of um, that hosts that never happened. And this, that because of COVID, uh, there was supposed to be an episode hosted by uh, John Krasinski, who's never hosted before. Yeah, I, I assume he might, you know, if things are back to somewhat normal come September or whenever. And I don't even know when they pushed uh, his his uh, his movie to. Um, I know it's one that actually right. did get pushed and isn't isn't getting scooped. Quite. Uh, <laughs> please, uh, please, industry, adopt that as the term. Is it getting <laughs> scooped? <laughs> onward it did, did, it did. But so the yeah, so the 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 season that um, Tina Fey came back from the strike from. Uh, uh, this is it, it's on Wikia, so I don't know how you know reliable it is mm-hmm. but they have a list of everyone who was scheduled to do all those episodes before the writer strike occurred mm-hmm. and a couple of them you know you, they, they would eventually get their time to shine like uh the rock jonah hill uh tom hanks mm-hmm. but one that never got to host was edie falco wow and yeah huh. I, I i just find it bizarre you know these alternate reality universes where like maybe edie falco went on and like killed it and she's like a multi-time host she certainly like has still kept like a, a enough of a level of fame to um yeah to, she, to, i just don't know if she'll have anything on that level to promote again yeah what, nurse jack ain't big enough for you Come no on. no but it I think isn't this is this around the time of the sopranos finale so like yeah. i think you couldn't like that was obviously like tantamount and, and I, uh, I be- maybe when she becomes Doctor Jackie, then they'll they'll have her back. <laughs> yeah, I, I believe uh, I believe during another writer strike around the same time, they performed the episode they were planning at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater. Yep. Is that an RIP right now too? That's the, the New oh, York yeah. boy. Oh, don't don't get yeah. me started. Or do because it's a podcast and we yeah. should talk about things. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a it's a, as somebody who was like doing the UCB things kind of at the tail end of of when it all ended here in New York. Mm-hmm. It's uh yeah, it's it's gone. It's th- th- this quarantine was far from the only nail in its coffin. But right. uh yeah, man, like it's it's like if or when it comes back here in New York, it's gonna yeah. be back to basics punk rock DIY like it used to be, yeah. and that's kind of exciting. They but they owed a lot of money. But apparently none to performers. Uh, <laughs> no, no, none, none. And there's a uh, boy. I learned some honestly stuff I should not share on a podcast, but I learned some other behind the scenes uh, stuff Ooh. as well. That was like, oh, that's why those systems were in place when I started taking classes. Oh, <laughs> those are some good safeguards. I guess it's really easy uh, to fuck your students here. All right, not the same ethical boundaries. Uh, so there was an there was you're another. Close. You're awful. <laughs> I, I I know that I am. <laughs> Yep. Uh, that episode, uh, that like, yeah, the SNL strike episode that was at UCB, hosted by Michael Sarah. Michael Sarah hosted. He never, never hosted. Again. Um, 
but there was also the uh, one of the weird seasons overall, season 10, which was uh, one of the seasons that I call like the ringer year. It was um, they brought on Billy Crystal and Martin Short just for one year. Yeah, um, David Dave has been I've told him he was wrong on this twice on the air. And I could say you're right about this, Dave. And <laughs> I was wrong about it. Uh, during, uh, during, that, the, during the Ebersole years, and I believe like right when your Ackroyds and your Belushis and your Murrays quit in 1980, uh, Lorne Michaels quit too, went to go out to find a success in Hollywood. Three Amigos is the biggest thing to come out of that. And then there was five years, uh, pr- executive produced by Dick Ebersole, a yep. NBC sports guy, but you get your Eddie Murphys out of that and your mm-hmm. Joe Piscopos, but also your Tim Kazarinskis. And also, <laughs> also your Julie Louise Rife. There's some, there's some decent stuff in there. I swear. But they have so that season had, yeah, two months off because of strike, and weirdly that meant the final episode of that season was uh, to go full circle. Howard Cosell of the original Saturday Night Live. <laughs> uh, but so like, I'm sure he wasn't meant to be the final host because they had a bunch of other people slated to be hosts, and I believe none of these people hosted mm-hmm. ever. Uh, John Candy. Wow. I think he may have. Actually, he may have. But everyone else, I don't even know who this guy is. Steve Landisberg. He played Barney Miller. <laughs> I don't know who that is. Uh, all right. And these two are going to blow your mind. Joe Piscopo. Wow. Hosting SNL. That just, that's just an out-of-body experience. And mm-hmm. listen to this lineup. This is actually an awesome finale. It would have even been like a year, uh, like four or five years ago. The finale was scheduled to be David Letterman and... Uh, musical against Prince. What the fuck? Wow. David Letterman. I that dude doesn't do wow. anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that would have been amazing. Yeah. And, and Can I, you just imagine David Letterman asking Prince, eh, "Got any gum? Got any gum? Would you like I mean, to buy a monkey? Huh? <laughs> just even hearing Letterman just just musical guest pr- or ladies and gentlemen Prince like, man, yeah. Are, are those your drums? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Throw in some pencils and then that kind of, and those and those seasons are all very weird because when you think of like well at the time a bunch of like famous people came out of those seasons that really didn't shine at all at SNL Gilbert Godfrey's been the most vocal about it he's he has particularly funny stories of like being on because he's like I was part of the first cast when the sh- the world rejected the idea of SNL moving forward with a new cast, period, mm. like no one wanted this to continue moving, and mm. and, and everyone hated I w- us. I feel like they brought a little bit on that. Uh, they brought a little bit of they brought a little of it onto that themselves. I, I why can't I say that phrase right? They 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 kind of they did it to themselves a little bit with. I think it was like the first sketch back when the Ebersole era began mm-hmm. is like the new cast all in bed together and they're all describing how like the kind of comedy they do in terms of previous cast members like you have gilbert godfrey like i think i'm like a cross between dana carvey and chevy or not dana carvey i think i'm a cross between uh chevy chase and uh and garrett morris like they're all describing themselves in that way and it's like this is not the way to endear yourselves to a new audience by invoking the people they actually want to be seeing Uh, here's here's (laughs) who you want me to be and i cannot be (laughs) and <laughs> yeah, basically, I consider myself a Gildo Radna. <laughs> we all do, Gilbert. We all do. It, it, and just, but you also get like the utterly bizarre Anthony Michael Halls and uh, and cousin Eddie's and Iron Man's in there, like that. That these people oh, yes. were all part of SNL. 
You get Robert Downey Jr. as Elvis. <laughs> yeah, I, I was looking for it. Like he had a famous redneck character. I'm like, the internet doesn't have any <laughs> idea that this exists. And I, it's one of those seasons that even I can't find. Like that, those seasons are not very well covered because, uh, and mostly because I don't even know if it's out of ego or that Warren Michaels wasn't there, so he doesn't have any interest in preserving what he thinks are the shitty stuff that he didn't oversee. The show only came back with him after NBC's like, we have to get him back. Because this is the, the the ratings are so bad right now, and where we stand now in a streaming reality show focused world, SNL I think still is the highest rated scripted show on television, mm. on television, and then has a great tail life the next day on streaming services. It truly, and, and you know, not to not to turn it dark, but it truly makes me wonder, like, what will happen when we do actually lose Lauren? Because dude's not young; he's what in his seventies now. I, I um, actually I ha- I theorize things might get a little better, <laughs> just because uh, re- I mean you know perhaps because he still um, like he, he was I think he was right in the idea that people are tuning in whether they know it or not out of like I need topical entertainment but also like this is live it could get weird I understand that I'm watching something put together very fast and cheap mm-hmm. and could go out of control very very quickly. And it still operates like a variety show. And every person you hear who comes out of there, like, yeah, I don't know why it still works like that. Like, why I have to be up till three in the morning uh, writing a, sketches? I, I think it's it's from this season. Uh, I want to say they were they did a and this this wouldn't play in audio at all, but it was uh, it was like a news sketch. Uh, they were at a news desk, and uh, Ad Bryant's character had like constant costume changes mm-hmm. in between the cuts. And oh my god, I guess, that was hilarious. <laughs> Yeah, then she just, I don't know, maybe, like, the costume, the the wardrobe lady, I don't know if she was, like, waved over or, like, signaled. Either way, she was signaled wrong. And so they come back from a cutaway, and you see this lady run out and, like, start to redress Aiden. She's like, no, 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 not yet. And it's one of, it's just an amazing screw-up. She's trying to deliver her lines when there's a comb going through her hair by someone who shouldn't be on camera and and just starts laughing and cannot get it back together. Keenan never breaks, which is very impressive, but everyone else just cannot get through the sketch. And it was well, I say we say Keenan never breaks, but he again, he's got that Dana Carvey. He's breaking all the time. He is always smiling. I'm saying in that particular sketch, he manages to hold it together. He just never Um, starts giggling or closes his eyes. (laughs) Hey, can I can I say? Speaking of Dana Carvey, I wondered when I this is this is a good segue for it. Yeah, here's another clip I have from. just another kind of weird moment that mm-hmm. I think the context of it I found really interesting. Uh, Chris, it's the nude beach clip there, and it should play at the right time. Yeah, I do. I do. I know this sketch very well because mm-hmm. um, there's a number of special things about this one. I once had a penis sing to me his penis penis song, and when that penis penis sang, here was a penis song. He'd sing me penis 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 song. Hi, I'm Kevin Nealon. What you just saw was an attempt to make an important point, that wherever you go, no matter how you look on the outside, we're all pretty much the same. You know, when the NBC standards department was dissolved and the censors let go, we welcomed it as an opportunity to deal with these issues like these in a frank way. I don't know how much of that is true, or is that, what is the basis in this? Then I, I know so it's, it's one of the few on-screen appearances of Conan O'Brien. Yeah, well, my understanding is that basically they they managed. I don't know if they lobbied for it or what, but a rule changed where they were allowed to use the word penis now. 
they just hadn't been previously. It would be censored or it just simply wasn't allowed. Mm-hmm. So this is a celebration of now we can say the word penis. <laughs> yeah, and I believe it, it held the record for the amount of time, for a long time, of how many times you can say the word penis in a certain number of seconds. Um, and how yeah, many they, times you can have Dennis Miller in a fucking Vegas visor say it. Penis, baby. <laughs> oh, yeah, baby. How many times can we say penis? Mm. <laughs> Your um, finger in my chat sheet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, any of the any of those like skirting the line of censorship uh, things are always very entertaining to me. There's a there's a similar one. Uh, speaking of of Conan, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if you see it. When, when Conan went to cable, there's a there's a uh, a bit where he just sits down and speaks to his censor about yes. like you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna pull up the clip because it's really funny. Yeah. Um, but uh, if you wanna you talk about something else for a moment, yeah, if you want, I, but I'll, I'll I actually I so I have a. Uh, uh, two clips I wanted to, to, to share with you. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, they're going to be a little bit difficult because they're not YouTubes. So, okay. uh, fair warning. Uh, but I like as we were discussing before, you know, like what Lauren Michaels brought to the show. Like he also brought, like you know, it it it, it can be great, but it's also a very structured show. Like this, yep. there's always this skit first. There's always the weekend update in the middle, uh, musical guests and all that. And like when Lauren Michael him, Lauren Michaels himself is convinced and i don't know how he's how either of these instances uh, allowed that to happen but when he's convinced to break format in snl mm-hmm. it's really a weird thing uh so the first one i'm gonna uh that i uh, i'm sending to you chris an episode ho- uh directed by francis ford coppola it was during right. it's was, it was his first year back so maybe they he had a directive or just personally felt like let me do things differently now mm-hmm. and so it's uh, like hosted by george went which seems very unlike to, to to be directed by francis ford coppola uh but the entire episode's uh, hosted by him there's like there's often breaks in the episode for coppola to like stop and actually direct and you know it's been written in but it's also weird that they would even like anytime that snl like breaks that fourth wall i, I remember seeing this like on comedy central when i first got it and would just like I was so excited to see SNL every day. I was taping it, and this there was like a bunch of commercial breaks in between these because like this is one of the largest through lines in an SNL episode ever. Um, I have not seen this in forever. Yeah. Oh, here he comes. Oh, he doesn't look. Well, he looks all right. He's putting up a brain front. Yeah. Hi, Brady. Uh, can I get your attention just for a second? As you all know, uh, the network has decided to bring in Francis Ford Cobb to direct tonight's show. Uh, this means that he has complete creative control. I can't believe they're doing this to you, Lauren. Well, Francis has some ideas of his own about the show. They're not my ideas, but the network obviously feels he has something to contribute. Coppola, that raving egomaniac, he'll ruin the show! Listen, I'm sure NBC knows what they're doing. They're number one, the number one network in... They think Francis Ford Coppola can make a contribution. Yeah, but what'll happen to you? Well, I'll still be here in a supervisor role before I move full time into wrestling. But you're at your peak. The show's never been better. Lauren, if you Jerry, go, I, I appreciate go. that, but it's no. out of my hands. Francis is calling the shots now, and I hope you're all going to give him full cooperation. Okay, I'll stay. It's, it's so weird, and it just requires the whole country to understand the habits of this director. But I guess during Apocalypse Now, that was pretty well covered. And uh, so completely opposite of Francis Ford Coppola sort of taking over SNL mm-hmm. uh, is Tom Green. Uh, if you watch it, he had an episode and this was like I was super into SNL at the time, mm-hmm. but I was also super into the Tom Green show at Two. the time. 
And his his form of comedy very very different than uh, SNL. And often you'll see somebody with a com- comedic style unlike SNL. Ooh, sort of and when they try they try to adapt SNL to it, it never works. Like, like you know, like someone like Johnny Knoxville. Like mm-hmm. you're not going to see pranks on SNL, mm-hmm. but like he'll just do. He, he's a good enough comedian to. Oh, if be, only. He's a good, <laughs> enough, you know. But you know, he, he's decent enough at it to like do SNL comedy. We're gonna but, send Lorne Michaels tumbling down this hill in a shopping <laughs> cart. But like, I'm Tom gonna have Green, this alligator bite Horatio Sands in the ball sack. Yeah. <laughs> and I love Tom Green. I don't think he could could do traditional sketch comedy. So his his whole episode very weird. Uh, I culminated with him. He, the 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 monologue was him proposing to Drew Barrymore. The end of the episode was him getting left at the altar. And another sort of fourth wall breaking moment. Oh, yeah. But I think this most is most emblematic of how bizarre this episode was. It's time for Lorne and Tom in a tub. Two buddies chatting, chatting up a storm. Boop, beep, boop. I I forgot how fucking weird this. And this is what I was SNL trying to adapt to this, like making its announcer sound like something from the Tom Green show. How did they convince Lauren to be shirtless and do this? Like (laughs) sitting in a bathtub with Tom Green. Oh my god! Yes, I don't need an excuse to show my body, Christopher. Uh, I'm sure, oh, sure he has plenty of time to work out on his giant chopper back to Connecticut every day. I'm just assuming <laughs> that's what he does. Fuck me. And that that reminds me, on uh, we brought up Dave uh, Tom Green because road the movie Road Trip is 20 years old. And wow. I was, like you, so like, uh, oh, fuck, Tom Green's in this movie. I'll go see it. Like, oh, he's a framing device. And <laughs> and uh, and w- But my co-host on that show disagreed with me something that happened 30 years ago. And this is not something that's really happened since. I don't, not even that whole uh, Shane uh, racist guy thing <laughs> that that occurred. That's his name. Yeah, uh, Shane racist guy. I know Shane Ray cyst guy. Oh, I can't. I don't know him well enough whether I have some. I should have some sympathy for saying that, even in my head. But uh, but no cast member. No one has really protested the appearance of someone. People were pissed that Donald Trump came on. But they made a whole joke about it, and everybody appeared in everything. He wasn't. Dude, people when I because I used to review you know episodes of the show for the site. People were mad in those comments, just even about just addressing the show. Yeah, it, but like uh, I have never seen anything to this day that was like Andrew Dice Clay coming on, which I just like was too young to really know who Andrew Dice Clay was. And every time I see him now, like this is ridiculous. <laughs> I'm I'm very entertained by it because it takes me back to being a little kid. And like those were the, the that's this is the guy who came up with the dirty nursery rhymes. Yeah, the guy who's in an Oscar-winning movie. Yes, yes. Who's fucking <laughs> like Lady Gaga's dad? Lady Gaga's father. I picked father. this girl up in my car. Then I went into a star. He's born. <laughs> Jack born. and Jill went Dude. up the hill. I fucked the. Oh, big cigarette yeah. take. Hickory dickory duck. This chick was sucking my cock. That's oh. a real one. <laughs> <laughs> and just you, you guys would know this better than anyone. Like the cold open almost never features the host, but like right. this situation was so big, it opens. With an equally absurd It's a Wonderful Life parody where Andrew Dice Clay is going to kill himself and John Lovett's devil, you know, like in It's a Wonderful Life when the devil comes to Jimmy Stewart, uh, shows him what his life would be like without him. It references the awful Frank Zappa hosting appearance. Uh, And then they find 
Oh, they, they, uh, so what had happened behind the scenes is like multiple people threatened to either quit the show, and I think the agreements that they made is Sinead O'Connor pulled out and refused to perform musically, and Nora Dunn refused to p- appear in the episode. So uh, during the It's a Wonderful Life sketch, they walk upon a pile of speakers with a uh, like Wizard of Oz leg sticking out of it, and Dice is like, oh, what's that? That's not the worst of it. Behold. What's that? That is Nora Dunn. Because you were never born, she was here that night and was accidentally crushed by Sinead O'Connor's amplifier. That, that's O'Connor felt so bad, she never sang again. Hey, that's too bad she was a cute bald chick, you know? <laughs> I don't know what was so funny about this guy, but I cannot stop laughing every time I see clips of Dice doing Dice stuff. I'm uh, sure she'll get a shot later on the show, and it'll be great. Yeah, and, and my my co-host, my my lady co-host, disagreed with me that he was very sexist and offensive. But like, I, I I thought this was dealt with. I don't know, like it's acknowledged in a joke, and it doesn't make either of them look bad. It it it's just a joke. <laughs> it right. I, I I don't I don't want to feel crazy about that. They, like they made a stance. They didn't want to perform the show with this guy, and I thought they they referenced it pretty okay. Um, I don't know. I just I also find it like I just. Wasn't a, I don't understand Dice being an offensive person now. I really like this is just dirty schoolyard shit. Like <laughs> there are way worse people on YouTube all the time. Uh, <laughs> Indeed. Um, you know, if we want to talk about some comedians who, uh, you know, maybe people uh, have varying opinions on. I got a clip from a Dane Cook episode. <laughs> Ooh. Um, this is, I remember this, you know, you were mentioning fourth wall breaks, Dave, mm-hmm. and this is the, one of the first ones I remember seeing when it aired. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to send you this clip, Chris, you can't, I can't share the particular timestamp. So when you load it up, fast forward to four minutes, 55 seconds. Okay. Um, so just to set this up, uh, so this particular sketch, it's Dane Cook and Will Forte and, uh, Will Forte, by the way. I think very, very underrated cast member. Uh, MacGruber um, just turned 10 years old. I think it's one of the best movies ever made. It's pretty good. Tell me um, who you want me to fuck, and I'll fuck them <laughs> as long as you watch MacGruber. Just working um, on my Will Forte. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah, yeah, all right. It's, it's not terrible. There. Um, so he, uh, it, it's, it's him and Dan Cook, and they're sitting on the couch just drinking out of, like, the water cooler refill bottles. Mm-hmm. And... You know, blah, blah, blah. The sketch just gets really weird. Kristen Wiig comes in and she's like, what are you doing? And they're like, oh, definitely not drinking, you know, big water bottles. And she opens the closet and basically just like dozens and dozens of empty like Culligan water jugs fall out. (laughs) And then it gets then it just takes a a, a stranger turn. And if you hit play, Chris, you'll see the weird turn it takes. They're there. She's gone. (laughs) Look, even though we lost our jobs, there is one positive thing to come out of this. What's that? Well, I have this friend who works for Saturday Night Live, and he loves it when I call him with different ideas that happen to me in my everyday life. You mean... (laughs) That's right. I have a feeling he's going to flip over this one. Probably submit it word for word exactly as it just happened to us. Can you use F-bombs on TV? No, but they can use, like, nail or bone. They'll probably go with bone. That's not funny at all. (laughs) I think bone's pretty funny. Bone. 
bone, boning, boned. <laughs> that is pretty funny. <laughs> I really hope that they use it. Well, don't worry if they don't. I also have a friend over at Studio 60. What is happening here? Right? <laughs> How weird is that? Isn't, I guess, isn't this the time slot where Will, Will Forte would hide mostly? Sneaking something on 10 minutes before the end of the show? Mm-hmm. And, yeah, basically. And, um, I, like, I don't know. I had a little segment. I didn't want to spend too much of it because it, it, it don't have a lot of clips from it, but it was more uh, research intensified. I want to talk about, like, I don't know, as a little a budding comedy nerd when you're like, oh, shit, you you could see Conan on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. Once once I discovered Conan right around the same time I just, I was in love with SNL. I'm like, this guy did stuff on The Simpsons and SNL too? How many things of, that I love do you need to touch, mister? And it was always super exciting to see reruns and Conan will pop up, have a line or two. The first five-timers club sketch, Conan is the one bringing um, Tom Hanks into the room with Steve Martin mm-hmm. and and... Paul Simon, I remember when I first saw Bob Odenkirk, who eventually went on to create one of my favorite shows ever, Mr. Show, he he never, I I thought he never talked, because there's like, there's a speech Lorne Michaels gave, and he's standing there holding a sea turtle, like a real sea turtle in a page (laughs) outfit. That's Bob Odenkirk, the guy who's now like pretty much a household name. It's very strange, and then I'm like, um, oh, he has one line. And I remember this because I'm such an SNL nerd, like, I know who Phil Hartman is, I know David Spade and Kevin Nealon are. There's one guy in this sketch that has a line that you've never heard from or seen before. Mm. And it's a great sketch. Uh, bad idea jeans. A jeans uh, a oh, je- yeah, jeans yeah. that are just awful and have the tag right in the center of the ass crack. And it's just a bunch of guys on bleachers wearing bad jeans. Talking about bad ideas, the silence you hear is the logo, bad idea. Well, he's an ex-free base addict and he's trying to turn his life around and he needs a place to stay for a couple of months. Bad idea. That's a... Now that I have kids, I feel a lot better having a gun in the house. Bad idea. <laughs> hey. I thought about it, and even though it's over, I'm going to tell my wife about the affair. Bad idea. <laughs> I don't know the guy, but I've got two kidneys, and he needs one. So I figured... Bad idea. <laughs> Normally I wear protection. But then I thought, when am I going to make it back to Haiti? <laughs> Bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> so mean. Uh, but yeah, Bob Odenkirk pops up. And that's his only line in the history of Saturday Night Live until he comes back to like do post-breaking bad appearances. Yeah. Uh, so this is like, uh, you're talking about mm-hmm. Conan appearances pre-hosting uh, mm-hmm. Way Night. This is one that he is very front and center in. And it's 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 visual him being showed, but I also really just like the concept of a skit because of uh, of my heritage. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just sent you the clip right now, mm-hmm. a skit just about Irish <laughs> drinking song. But they, this is the one time where he is perfect for the role. Yes. He's right there front and center. I, I don't know. You, you probably can't hear him. No, but the camera lingers on like this. yeah, because oh my gosh, a tall redheaded guy. In a song about how drunk Irish people are. We can get away with this because Mike Myers isn't Irish. Uh, (laughs) If we keep showing Conan O'Brien. They never named a whiskey after England. And of course, the Irish crying song. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good sketch. You really need to see it. Uh, the the thing we I, I wanted to hark back to that because I only had one clip from it because like it's a very weird era. I, I love I only found out recently Catherine O'Hara was on the show for one day and quit 
because mm. I never I never grew up with SETV. There was no way to watch it. It wasn't until it came out on DVD and I was getting them delivered from a little company called Netflix that I was ever able to see SETV. But SNL was constantly poaching people from this Canadian show. So I think there was a bit of a rivalry. And, and so uh, I think that season we were talking about, you get Martin Short comes over and then like brings on a bunch of his characters that a lot of the audience has pre-existing knowledge of. Am I crazy on that? I don't remember where Ed Grimley no. came from. Yeah, I mean, it is a weird thing in this day and age, even with like so many people on, you know, YouTube where like that, that you recognize anybody before they come to SNL. Yeah. Is, I, is I, I look, I was watching Lonely Island sketches, too, and I know you knew of Beck Bennett and Kyle Mooney, but on your YouTube channel. But like, that's not what I'm talking about. Like these people were like people knew their names, like like the yeah. general public and no one was bigger than Billy Crystal. And it's that season is so weird. The the one season with like Christopher Guest, Martin Short, and Billy Crystal. Billy Crystal was on seventeen episodes of that show. I thought, and that's why I was so shocked that it wasn't longer. And the weirdest clip I have, and to prove that like how weird a season this was, they're hiring ringers. They're basically like treating this like the fucking New York Yankees. They're hiring some of the most famous comedians they can find to be on the show. And Billy Crystal was already pre-existingly famous. Had some shit in his contract. I know now when it gets, by the time it gets sad, you'll see some SNL characters in a commercial. I remember Hans and Franz in a State Farm commercial 20 years after they were topical. <laughs> the year Billy Crystal was on SNL pimping catchphrases, there is a wonderfully terrible Diet Pepsi commercial that's just <laughs> him dressed in nothing, doing the voices of his characters like Fernando that he's made famous on SNL. Attention. Absolutely marvelous. Diet Pepsi, the most refreshingest invention. And not only do you look marvelous, my little 12-ounce darling, but you taste marvelous. No other taste attracts so much attention. <laughs> so I'm just saying SNL is a bit like WWE and like Vince McMahon will not allow just anyone to go out and hawk products in their characters, and I think Lorne Michaels is pretty similar. Yeah. You can't have Especially a... with the help of Randy Newman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Diet Pepsi. It's Fizzy and Brown. <laughs> so I thought this clip was insane. Like, they're, they're, like, I think John Lovitz and Dana Carvey were allowed to do American Express commercials for the Super Bowl, but that was like a weird exception. But since Billy Crystal was already his own entity, he just got to go do that. And I swear, I, I feel like there's nothing more bizarre than the awkward 94 to 96 era of SNL where like, I guess I didn't know fully who Janine Garofalo was, mm -hmm. but that she's on the show for like less than a year, but they're <laughs> they're They've had, I think I, the reason I think I'm, I'm such an SNL fan is because like, I'm not saying my era was the best, but it was one of the biggest in that. Like <laughs> all those people are still big movie stars. <laughs> SNL hasn't I mean, even really had that the for the last 10 years. It was the most, yeah, kind of frat house era. Yes. You know, when you look when you looked at who was there, um, and actually that that kind of segues nicely into something I had pulled up. This Ooh. is it's really more of a behind the scenes story than yeah. anything else. Mm -hmm. um, but I've, I I love this, and I, I I think I shared it to the Facebook group once upon a time. But mm -hmm. for those who haven't seen it, this is just I think a fascinating behind the scenes look. Um, this is from uh, David Spade's been hosting that Lights Out show on Comedy Central. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And at one point, he's getting a tattoo from Sean Penn, which... Uh, a Calvin would, tattoo. 
Just just for the story, I would totally get a tattoo from Sean yeah. Penn as well. I'm still really close um, to getting a Calvin and Hobbes tattoo. Why wouldn't I take it from an Oscar winner? Yeah. So he um, he tells kind of a backstage story about uh, Farley from the era. Um, so there's there's a clip for you, Chris. Me and Farley share an office, and uh, I had a Playboy out, and we were all looking at the centerfold because we're all pervs. So me, Rock, Sandler, and Farley, we all shared that one office corner. So we're all looking at this Playboy centerfold. And we like this one girl. We, I go, this girl's really cute. So anyway, cut to, we go to read through. Farley walks in one minute behind me and goes, David, look, have you been in the office? I go, we just came from the office. He goes, have you been in it since? And he wrote me a note, because we didn't have texting. So we all go back there. And he had my Playboy out, and he jizzed all over it. Wow. <laughs> yeah, jizz. Didn't see that coming, folks. Did not, surprise ending. And he goes, ha, ha, ha. And then we all were staring at him like he's crazy. And he goes, no, no. And then he knew it was bad. <laughs> it was like, not cool. Bad Farley. Oh, I wonder why Janine Groffler was uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she she was, not only was she, it, I was, this is really frustrating because she made these comments within the same year she was on the show. And all of this shit has been absorbed by one company who ate up New York <laughs> Magazine, The Vulture, and it's all behind a paywall. And I can't find you exact quotes. But Janine Garofalo didn't talk about the show after that. Because I don't think she meant to, like, blow up everyone's spot. She was just kind of responding, like, I'm going to go back to stand-up. SNL wasn't for me. Here's why. And among the things she re- she mentioned, and is absolutely right about it, it was just a parade of male rape jokes that mm-hmm. whole fucking season. And I remember I remember distinctly because those were the only things I thought were funny on the show. Everything else didn't work. John, John Travolta gets raped by a gay bat. Chris Farley gets raped by aliens. And then eventually the next cast member I want to talk about who is still the most important, Chris Elliott gets raped by Chris Farley and Adam Sandler. This all happens in like a, a series of a couple episodes, one of which was hosted by Deion Sanders. And it's up there with one of the worst things I've ever seen. Because <laughs> he's, he's also the musical guest. <laughs> All right. But but Chris Elliott, I think, is the absolute weirdest thing, one of the weirdest things SNL's ever done. Because you could argue he's not a household name and he's not even maybe a hit, but he is the the star of an obscure but beloved cult sitcom on Fox. And he <laughs> is the above the title star of a movie called Cabin Boy that I very much loved, that the rest of the world hated. Nobody of that elevation, I don't care how much you like what Kyle Mooney has done has ever been brought over to be a cast member on SNL. And and I you can for proof, I went and grabbed a clip of one of his first appearances cuz Phil Hartman had left the year prior. It's a pretty decent sketch to like highlight this era and it, the cold open is all the cast members auditioning to be Bill Clinton. It starts out with Chris Farley doing I'm, I'm Bill Clinton and I live in a van like doing their shtick. Adam Sandler has a guitar but like the audience, the television audience can't even see what's happening yet. This is how famous Chris Elliott is, who is making his debut as just a cast member on SNL. The following is a message from President Bill Clinton. Before we begin Uh, here, can I... Oh, I'm sorry, I'm new here. Um, Before we begin, I'd like to uh, let everyone know where I'm coming from with uh, this Bill Clinton. Um, After studying Bill Clinton for quite some time now, I've discovered that there's an astonishing similarity between our 43rd president and that other famous curmudgeon, the late, beloved W.C. Fields. 
So, with that in mind, I present Mina Bill Clinton. Ah, yes. Ah, yes, my little chickadee. So in 1995, this impression of someone famous in the 20s didn't go over very well. And it was like almost (laughs) like a forecast for Chris Elliott's appearances ever since. I still think that's one of the most bizarre choices I've ever seen. Yeah. Like for someone to come from a sitcom, like I I love Get a Life. And I'm like, wait, this is a downgrade for you. Like I love SNL Mm -hmm. and I love Chris Elliott. But like, what are you doing on a sketch comedy show? When you've you've anchored your own show, which yeah. is one of my all-time favorites, and at this point, well, and I, I I wasn't I don't I'm learning now about his his appearances on Letterman, but he was huge, and he was exactly mm. the audience that SNL was after. If you ever read about all that stuff, like uh, wow. that, like uh, I, I think it was a uh, Joel Hodgson I heard that from, who like the Ebersole years were weird in a lot of ways, but it allowed Andy Kaufman to get himself voted off the show the host of Mystery Science Theater 3000 becoming famous on Saturday Night Live, which is still bizarre, and you can't find those clips anywhere of Joel from MST doing what basically is Carrot Top's act on SNL stage, and he was he would talk in interviews. He's like, yeah, there was sort of like a fight between Letterman and SNL over me, and there was an unspoken rule. You can't really do one without the other. And SNL apparently behind the scenes was like all over Chris Elliott from like the mid-'80s. We want you on the show. And he kept saying no, because he said he was loyal to Letterman. And but when he quit Letterman to make Cabin Boy, <laughs> that didn't go well. He's like, all right, SNL's asking again. I think I'll go back. He said, like everyone else, he says he wasn't really fired, but like we want to bring you on in a diminished capacity. He maybe give you one thing to do every week. He's like, I think that's okay. And I find it, and it, if that weren't bizarre enough, his daughter had a longer stint on the show than him being the first father-daughter cast member <laughs> of SNL ever. I mm-hmm. don't know that we have anything like that again. But yeah, the Chris Elliott thing is like still super bizarre. And this was when Michael McKean was on the show, but I wasn't like super aware of him. And he he actually fit way better into what you need on a sketch comedy show. He basically replaced Phil Hartman pretty decently. Yeah. They brought him and uh, I think two of the other kids in the hall, right? Uh, to be writers. That's the one I want. The, the, weirdest, the weirdest moments ever. And these are really hard to find clips of. When Kids in the Hall ended, which I think, I still think Pound for Pound is is in my top three sketch comedy shows of all time. Mark McKinney and Bruce McCullough, I think, had written for the show before Lorne Michaels got Kids in the Hall as a TV show off the ground. Mark McKinney came back for like three, four years and was a cast member. And I just thought, I thought, I, you know, I thought I was part of this, this one big comedy nerd scene on the internet because the internet is young and I'm writing stuff on message boards. I thought everyone knew like, you know SNL has a cast member from Kids in the Hall, a really good one, and like he couldn't really seem to get off the ground. So the two of the weirdest things I've ever seen are SNL covers. Essentially, they do uh, they do a sketch featuring this character. They say the experience left him scarred, scarred for life. <laughs> they the Chicken Lady sketch. They redo the Chicken Lady sketch four years after it had premiered on Kids in the Hall. It gets nothing it's like it's like either people are pissed off that it's happening or to me it was bizarre really no one no snl person in the audience knows that this is a famous kids in the hall sketch and that's and i i know i'm correct in this assumption that not everybody's watching everything i am when when john cleese and michael palin came on to redo the monty python parrot sketch it gets nothing 
that is voted the most famous Monty Python sketch that they have. And it, they, they redid it word for word on Saturday Night Live 30 years after the fact. And it gets nothing. That, <laughs> that's, and again, highlighting the things I think are the weirdest thing that ever happened on SNL. I got. One. I mean, in some cases, that's almost an argument just for SNL to continue doing what it's doing, where you have these sketches that exist in one place yeah. to sort of represent a moment in time. Like they don't, they, you know, when you go to see a band, yeah, you want to see the hits. When you yeah. go to see a comedian, like I, I kind of want to see new stuff. You know, I, I don't want to see these recycled sketches. No, I, I, think that's I, I agree. Proof I of think it. when, for example, when people talk about Letterman and Conan, they almost are never talking about their monologues. They're talking about the bits they do in between the monologues mm-hmm. and the and the guests. Those are the things that can that stand the test of time a little better. But the monologues have to be new. You can revisit stupid pet tricks, and you can't revisit. So I'm just saying you can't revisit the parrot sketch. And my, the thing I wanted to close out with because I only just found it because I forgot I had the DVDs. This has been scrubbed from the entire internet, and it is one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. I'm sure you guys know about the uh, second season Saturday Night Live Mardi Gras episode. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. That mm-hmm. is, is shot live in New Orleans during Mardi Gras. Yep. It, it is utterly bizarre. And I don't know. I remember when we were watching, we all watched the 40th anniversary thing together. And I went to go watch it online. And I was pretty flabbergasted. Like, you cut this show up. You cut out your errors. You cut out, you somehow managed to cut out like shadows of uh, crane cameras. I don't <laughs> even know how you did that. You cut some gags are cut out, but most of your errors are cut out. This show is all errors. It is all errors. Sadly, when you um, when you Google SNL New Orleans episode, well, not bittersweetly, you get the third link is to one of my favorite uh, five minutes before the end of the show uh, <laughs> sketches ever. Uh, yeah. What is it? Beck Bennett's Bayou Benny's liberal login ape. Um, the <laughs> the oh, yeah. harshly Creole hard left television show. <laughs> I think I've, I've read the hooting and the horror for the little crawdaddy that going to turn these red stays blue. It's by you, Benny. Oh, Benny, now how y'all be doing that now that y'all be doing that now here, huh? Okay, good, good. Uh, welcome back now to the liberal lanya. My name by you, Benny, and this week's sponsor of the show be Antifa. Antifa, we ain't yet than a box of ghosts that been trapped in that damn box by a witch. <laughs> Sorry, that's like, this is one of the weirdest sketches I've seen in the last five years. Uh, taught me the word lanyap. Long, long, I didn't even say it right, lanyap. But no, yeah, you can't find, and I, I have clips of it, it's just hard, it's hard to hear visually, even though you can hear Gilda Radna like yelling, I can't see the cards, are we on? Yeah. Yeah, you're, yeah, because wow. they're not only uh, shooting live from a place that's not their familiar studio, 8H Stades in New York. They're shooting in the middle of the biggest, drunkest party in the country. And they were saying, like, Eric Idle's there. Laverne and Shirley are there. Buck Henry's on a scaffold with Jane Curtin. And they're, Randy Newman is the host whose monologue is a song. He doesn't even, he doesn't even talk, which... I know what you're going to say, Randy Newman. People, <laughs> uh, they're they're almost the same thing. But like, uh, yeah, I think they said Jane Curtin and Buck Henry were on a scaffold, and they just they're bombarded with beer bottles, and oh people are climbing the set. They're shooting out like Randy Newman performs on stage. The rest of the cast is shooting outside during Mardi Gras. There are visible police officers holding back people waving in sketches, and for some reason, Dan Aykroyd and Bill Murray. Both seem a little inebriated and have both refused to shave their mustaches. They, they, 
There's a really good article about this entire episode on Vulture, by the way. There is, and it's it's somewhat recreated on the actual NOLA.org NOLA website because I'm not fucking paying the paywall to get this Vulture article back. I did, right before we started recording, I'm like, oh, let me, it is on the DVD. I am an old man, and for some reason, the things I got out of pure curiosity as a kid are now (laughs) ridiculously valued because, like, the whole thing uncut is on, and it is bizarre to look at and I've always said to Dave I want someone to combine SNL and WWE where you tour the country go to a different city every night put on a different show I've but like this is the best testament to why you never do that this this looks like a giant pain in the ass and if you can track it down someone on Vimeo captured all the uh Cindy Williams Penny Marshall Laverne and Shirley stuff and it is almost three minutes of awkward silence as the person doesn't know they're on the air or aren't handed a microphone or can't see their cue cards. It is craziness, especially from a show with the kind of history SNL has now a big drunken cocaine fueled bad idea that I'm proud to say happened in new Orleans. (laughs) (laughs) And that, I think we should close out the episode there. Think if you guys had anyone you want to rattle off right now, I want to get you out of here because you guys have already done a Patreon episode on patreon.com slash laser time our annual uh, SNL awards of every year where Tony and Dave uh, rack their brains to find the best host, best sketch, best episode, uh, best musical guest. They didn't do that. Um, but <laughs> but it's always really fun to do that. I love talking SNL with people who care as much as I do. And uh, yeah, it's not the coolest thing in the world to hate on the show just because it's not as funny as other sketch comedy shows who work in a completely different environment. Um yeah. There's still nothing like it on television. Nothing like there, it. There still isn't. Nothing like it. And I think I would like that they stopped because like their sketches, like I think it's cute what the late night talk show hosts are doing, but it's not exactly what I want to see. And I yeah. SNL's always been a little better than late night monologues. And I don't want to and like under the quarantine, like you look exactly like these monologues. <laughs> Especially we Conan Remotes, however. Conan, Conan remotes, remotes always gold. <laughs> Wonderful. But that's because of writing and editing. <laughs> and uh yeah yeah but i love talking snl with you guys i hope you guys didn't hate this episode thank you guys so much tony where can people find you uh you can find me on twitter at chain gun pope it's a dumb twitter handle and the story behind it is just as dumb so don't worry about it um <laughs> that's where you can find me uh you can also see my work over on a little website called GameSpot. uh if, if you live <laughs> under a rock and do not know GameSpot, uh we are the number one spot for video games movies comics tv entertainment all that stuff and, and right uh, now you can buy five pop figures and get 10 free oh you said game spot <laughs> oh. yes <laughs> although uh you know we, we we've written about funko pops every <laughs> once in a while. you know where your bread is buttered uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> tony does a bunch of good work over there used to make a lot of awesome stuff over on laser time uh as did david david where can people see you uh, I'm on Twitter at Dave Rudden. So, yeah, just follow me there. Uh, you know, if you want to chat about this episode, you can always hit me up there or just comment on the Laser Time podcast article itself. I just, I, I do these just for the interactions. So, you know, any anything you got to say, I, I want to read it. Yeah, I, I feel the exact opposite. <laughs> and <laughs> just so you guys know, do appreciate you listen, though, and your patronage. Uh, but I have a thousand other podcasts to do this week, including another episode of Bonus Time, Sick of Star Wars, which is going over on Patreon uh, right now. Or it's look at uh, whether or not I'm going to continue being fascinated by the Star Wars series. 
Uh, we have thirty twenty new thirty twenty ten games episode up, and of course, Video Game Apocalypse. We just put up a special episode of Video Game Apocalypse all about Final Fantasy VII. But you can listen to those shows, uh, Video Game Apocalypse, and thirty twenty ten for free every week. I hopefully have plugged them enough in this episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, love SNL, unironically. Thank you guys for joining us. Uh, we will see you guys next week. Bye.